Well, the MTR has some text, but the AMTR has my text. Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman, and I am joined this evening, afternoon, morning drive to work by the one and only Samantha Har. That's me. And tonight we're going to be uh, talking about, I, I almost said, I almost wanted to start that with the, the Sega game, uh, Rise from Your Grave. Am I talking about? No. No? Okay, never mind. Well, pe- people that played in arcades back when they existed might know. But what we're going to talk about is one of the aspects of magic that uh, it seems like everyone's got some pretty strong opinions on, you know, because it's kind of simple to understand. I don't have any strong opinions. Oh, you don't? About anything, no. About this? <laughs> just never. We were arguing just last night about this. I'm kidding. All we ever do is argue. Audience, I think that Brian wakes up in the morning and just sits there thinking before he has his coffee, you know, for the day. Like, what can I do to irritate Sama? And the whatever he thinks of is successful because it, it always works. <laughs> you are very easy to irritate. <laughs> and this topic is no different. I'm, I am surprised. So tonight we're talking about altered cards, altered magic cards. And I, I think I am surprised, actually, that we have different opinions on this. I, I thought we would have similar opinions. But right from anyone that's listened to us for all or knows us personally, our opinions are actually flip flopped from what you would expect, knowing our personalities. I think. I I think so too. Yeah, the, this one this one threw me through a loop. Right. But all right. <sighs> yeah, we're talking. We're going to talk about card uh, card art alters. That thing that uh, everyone has big strong opinions about on Twitter, and we're going to have bigger and stronger opinions. Because reasons. Because why not? You know, I mean, any any time you want, you know, you're on the fence about something, just double down. Just double down on it, you know? Why not? You only got one life to live. Yep. So we're going to talk about uh, what alters are, okay? Uh, what the policy is regarding alters, why it's there, and then we're going to talk about where all this crazy secret layer crap comes in and does it or does it not weaken the altered art policy? No. Yeah. <laughs> the end. That's our episode. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Directed by George Lucas. Right. Um, all right. So what? What is? Uh, what's a? Uh, what is a card? What is an altered art card? Or what is? What is altered art? card well altered art on a card as far as i've ever encountered it is when artists or whoever will take a magic card and basically paint on top of it um to add add their own art or alter the art that's already there just modify it in some way that is visually aesthetically interesting um or sometimes it could just be drawing a a funny hat on a character with a sharpie that's aesthetically interesting um like i saw a, a Thrag Tusk altered to say Swag Tusk and gave him a gold chain and a hat. Perfect. Yes. 
Excellent. Um, which which that altar sounds rather benign, but it will be a slight problem for reasons we will talk about in a we'll few minutes. We'll get there. <laughs> Altered art can really be anything from taking a black Sharpie and, like, coloring in the text box of a forest to these beautiful works of art where people get really super detailed with extended borders and different treatments and all that kind of stuff. So it runs the full gambit. So before we start talking about what the policy is, why it's there and all that, I'm going to say like two simple ground rules that we should probably establish. Ground rules. Yeah. So when we're talking the altered art policy, we're only going to be talking about sanctioned tournament. Kitchen table games, really, until we get to the end where we just are you know, spewing out our own opinions about things, we're really not going to be talking about anything that happens at the kitchen table. Well, yeah, I mean, the the, the kitchen table is the Wild West. You you do what you got to do, cowboy, but... You like, you like anime girls at your kitchen table? Sure, go for it. What's allowed at the kitchen table is whatever your friends won't physically beat you for doing. Yes. <laughs> One thing, whenever you start talking about uh, card alters and is this card alter legal, a judge is always going to chime in with, well, if the thickness is a problem. (laughs) Card thickness is one of those things that, like, I understand with altered art we want to check for, but I just, in my own personal experience, have never once in my life encountered an altered art card being used in an event that was so thick in some way that it was problematic. Oh, I have. Not to say it doesn't happen. I've just never seen it. So it's, it's, I think, more rare than people make it out to be. I think it's one of these situations where the judge wants to show that they're considering all the angles, even the angles that aren't asked about. See, that is the result of playing too much gotcha. See, when you play too much gotcha, people start thinking everything's a game of gotcha, and then they start trying to get ahead of it by giving you facts you don't care about. Oh, no, I don't think it's it's a result of game of gotcha. I think it's, uh, you know, like conspicuous consumption or something like, something <laughs> along those lines. Where Please see how smart I am. It, right, exactly. Sort of like when you when you give someone a policy question where you're like, hey, here's a situation that came up. You know, what's the infraction procedure fix? And they go, well... I ass- can we assume that cheating's not involved? It's like, yes, we can assume that cheating's not involved, because if we assume cheating's involved, then the answer's DQ. Why would I possibly? Like, that's, that would be such a stupid, like, gotcha to play. Like, I had to do this whole investigation, but I was setting you up for cheating the whole time. Like, like what was, what, what is the point? You know, you thought I was asking you an HCE question, but in reality, it's cheats. You know, no, that's what you use role play for. Anyway. You had a gun under the table the whole time. Did you look for that? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Oh, The definition for... uh, So we're we're not going to be talking about alters that make the card thicker in any meaningful way. When we talk about art here, assume that we're talking about a literal 2D application on top of the card. Zero third dimension. It is it is perfect. Move along. <laughs> yes. All right. Where do we get the altered art card policy from? 
Where's that at? Well, I just had to ask you this because I had to go look it up myself. Um, it is specifically in the MTR in Section 3.3 under Authorized Cards. So there, there are a lot of things under Authorized Cards. That's where you get to read about corners it not being too pointy and stuff. Right, and like <laughs> traditional magic back and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so what, is it, what does it say about Authorized Cards in the MTR? So the MTR says, ahem... Him, artistic modifications are acceptable in sanctioned tournaments, provided that the modifications do not make the card art unrecognizable, contain substantial strategic advice, or contain offensive images. Artistic modifications also may not cover or change the mana cost or name of the card. The head judge is the final authority on acceptable cards for a tournament. That is all of... One, two, three sentences. That's it? That's it. And despite this only being three sentences, I think you and I sat and argued about this for like a few hours last night via text. I think we were arguing about where a line was for one of the particular areas. Right? Like, it's uh, the head judge is the final authority on on acceptable cards for a tournament. We're not going to argue about that. But... We might argue about, like, what is considered uh, substantial strategic advice or what what constitutes an offensive image. But we're going to break this down. So there's three sentences, and we're probably going to spend about 20, 30 minutes talking about those three sentences. <laughs> it's because we never shut up. Yeah. All right. Incapable. The very first part, it says, artistic modifications are acceptable in sanctioned tournaments. So... So this is giving permission to have altered cards. Okay, so so without this paragraph, without this sentence, the default is no altered cards. We're saying so the the policy is saying, hey, altered altered uh yeah, altered cards are cool. If yeah, right. So. How do how do we start how do we start if. determining what the 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 if is like what how do we how do we construct what uh what to allow or disallow right oh gosh oh so we're getting into the the philosophy here yeah so I mean as as with anything there there are basically three three paths you can take um allow everything allow nothing or allow some things yeah. Those are, that's that's basically true of every decision right. you'll ever make in life. So, right. how does that apply to card alters? So, allow everything is bad. Yeah, right. Like, just, no restrictions. And and, and I anybody, if, mm, <laughs> you just we know. Trust me, children. Nobody wants to live in the world where, where everything mm, is allowed. No one wants that. This is not the outback. There might be no rules, but it is not just right. <laughs> it is particularly wrong. So, the next option, I want a I want a, an enforceable, consistent policy that I can point to and I know what alters I can have. What, what what's the best choice for that then? Oh, well, well consistent policy knowing without question yeah what you can have is to just say none of them yeah absolutely you want to know what's allowed none of it none of it's allowed 
Nothing's allowed. No one's ever allowed to have fun. Yep. Play your games in silence and don't you dare smile. Yep. You want to draw a, a Snoopy on your Tarmogoyf? Straight to jail. Straight to Snoopy jail. No, I mean, people people draw on their cards. That's just a thing. You know, like we were talking about altars, like me putting a little dot in the corner of a card. And I realize that most people do that on the, on their sleeve. But back in the day, people would ask if you could do it to the actual card itself. Can I put a little dot on the corner of my card? You know? Wait, why? Oh, uh, so like for sideboard, like so you can identify your sideboards quickly. Oh, them out. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. That's cute. You know, sure. They might put the little dot uh, on the on the sleeve, which is now correct. But there have been questions of like, hey, can I do this on the on the physical card itself? Which now just kind of makes my skin crawl. Ugh, why would you do that? Um, oh, that, oh, that makes your skin crawl. Yeah. The the only, oh my God, we'll get oh, back to we that. What we were talking about, what we we'll, talking about. Don't you start, we'll get back to that. Little dot, we'll come back little later. dot in the corner gives me a, a heartburn, but okay. Anyway, all right. So we've, we've said that we've, we've concluded that allowing everything is awful and allowing nothing is extremely draconian. You know, <laughs> people, we're playing a game to have fun. So let, I let hope. people let people draw cowboy hats. You don't have to cheat. You can draw cowboy hats on anything, and it's probably correct. Right. You want to draw a hat, a cowboy hat on an amoeboid changeling? That's fine. That thing was just born to have a cowboy hat. Look at its face. It's born to have any hat. Truly. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a creature type cowboy, creature type firefighter, creature type warrior with the Viking helmet, you know. Give it like a the the beer helmet, the, the beer hat with the with the cans and stuff. So anyway. But it's also a cowboy hat. Right. It's all it's all hats. Okay. So the next the next thing is okay, well we gotta the best thing is to allow some things, but not others. Right? So now we gotta start defining what is and isn't acceptable. What are those some things? Yeah. And that's where we get into the rest of the three sentences. So far, we've been talking for five minutes, and all we've gotten up to is the first comma. <laughs> all right. So let's let's reorder reorder these a little bit in terms of um, complexity and explaining. So what's what's the first thing that we disallow? All right. the The first thing we're we're going to talk about is contains substantial strategic advice. Ugh. Substantial though. Okay. Yeah. So so minor strategic advice is okay. Yeah. So there's actually there's actually in the 2.11 section of the MTR on taking notes. It says artistic modifications to cards that indirectly provide minor strategic information are acceptable. The head judge is the final arbiter. Um so what this means is is like, if I have a haste creature, and I underline the word haste, okay, that is tech, that is minor strategic information. And it's so minor because, you know, it's, you, you're playing with the haste creature to attack with it. So all you're really doing is just reminding yourself to attack with it. But it's the same 
advice every time. Like, it's not taking into account the board state where it's like, hey, you might not want to attack with that. Right? No, that's it's, a good point. Yeah. So it's, if it's the same advice every time and it's just highlighting what's already written on the card. I, okay. Right. All right. Or or there are certain altars that let you tutor up artifacts and someone will work into the art, the artifact that you're supposed to tutor up. Okay. You go like, oh, well, that's strategic information. It's telling you what what you're going to tutor for. It's like, yeah, but it's telling you to tutor for the same thing every time. It's ta- It's not looking at the board and going like, oh, well, this is this is clearly a situation where I want to go tutor for Artifact B. No, the card's always saying Artifact A. They didn't draw okay. a flowchart on it. It's just... Right. Yeah. And okay. that's where right. you get into substantial strategic advice. Like, like a flowchart. If you were to um, blank out a card and use, like, the dungeon template and be like... You know, you start at the top and it's just like, is opponent at greater than 10 life? You know, do this uh, or, and do they have a blocker? And you just you draw a little a little flow chart on there. That's when we start getting into st- substantial strategic advice. Right. You know, now, it's, it sounds stupid that we have to make this specification, but. This was a thing or this has been a thing. I had a calculus teacher that would let us bring exactly one page of notes with us to to every exam. Mm-hmm. And maybe we maybe we should allow that. Be like, if you can fit it on the card, you can bring it. <laughs> okay, so we do let you bring notes that you can reference in between matches. On the card, though. Make them write real tiny. Do you really want, you know, like, judge calls where it's like, you gotta pull out a magnifying glass? No, I don't want that at all. I just like to see chaos. I want I want that, but I want someone else to deal with it. <laughs> I want to laugh at someone else dealing with it. Yes, yes. correct. You, you said okay. I'm going to tell you, laughing at something that there was there's a a guy because of course it's a guy, um, who brings to tournaments to play a giant stack of play mats about three to oh, four come inches high, on. and he plays. On the giant stack of playmats. And basically he just waits until I tell him to put all the playmats away. Except for what keep them. And, you know, it's like, well, other judges say that I can. can." And the reason why I say it is because I've actually had people complain that it raises the cards up and like causes glare. And they can't see what the cards are. You remember the other day when I was telling you that just every now and then magic players and magic judges and stuff. So somebody will say something that makes me want to just go lie down for about 10 minutes. Yes. (laughs) That's exactly the kind of thing. Like, just don't be weird. Anyway. Like, it's it's nothing in the policy that says, like, ah, I can't have a four inch tall stack of play mats. But if it starts messing with your your opponent's ability to actually see your cards and interact with your cards, then that starts being a problem. But anyway, this isn't about play mats. Although the next one does segue into does touch on play mats. No, oh, here we go. All right, here we go. Here we go. Uh, the next one is contains offensive images. We don't allow card alters to have 
offensive images. Now, this should be, like, super easy to understand in concept. Like, if I just say, like, hey, you can't have any cards with offensive images, everyone's like, yeah, I get that. But then when we start tracking down to, like, all right, is this image offensive? Is this image offensive? Is this one? Like, we can all agree that someone flying the a card altered to have the Nazi flag flying in the background is offensive. We can all agree. Okay. You better y'all y'all better agree. <laughs> right. You know, or or the the awkward anime girl upskirt shot. We can agree. The anime girl island. God. Okay. But then Maybe maybe someone does an altar of the Armada Worm. You know? It 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 does maybe. look a certain way. Yeah, it does. Um maybe that could be considered uh offensive. I wonder how many people are going like Armada Worm. What's oh that, yeah. You know, but what if what if someone put uh an Oni fans, an OnlyFans logo on a card on the Blade of Oni card from Champions of Kamigawa. Okay, that's referencing a porn site. Is that considered offensive or not? A lot of people might say, well, yeah, I mean, it's referencing a porn site. Other people might be like, well, it's not only it's not only porn and it's it doesn't say only it says Oni and, you know, that kind of thing. So. Yeah, there's more of a more of a gray area there. I I think that where I ended up on that specific example was that as long as there's nothing obviously obscene about the logo styling itself, like I don't really care because, like, you know, I I guess the way I think of it is like if a little kid walked up and saw this, would they recognize that it's something inappropriate? And if it's just text of a certain font with a certain outline or something, like. I think kids these days might be a little more savvy than we were when we were growing up. That's true. That's true. Maybe they are. But, you know, if, if it's nothing, it's nothing to me. But I guess I guess the point is and we're going to get into a little bit of at the, at the end, like who decides who decides what is what is offensive and, and isn't like who's the final arbiter of that? Well, that's going to be the head judge. You know, and what criteria are they going to use? Well, Hopefully, hopefully they're not going to create. We talk about like creating a, a fictitious person and then kind of like doing a, a reasonableness check against that person. I think there, there's two ways that you can approach this. One way is you can see a card and you can be like, I'm going to create a person that could be offended by this thing. So then I'm going to say that that art, that art is is offensive. You could also just create a random person that kind of generically represents you, the societal, what you perceive the societal views are. And then you go, okay, now that person that I've created them, do they find this thing offensive? But in both cases, you're creating a person, but in the first case you were creating a person to be offended by the thing. And in the second case you were creating a person to kind of like, just kind of gut check against what you think the societal norms are. Right. Don't, don't fall into the create a guy trap because we can, we can pretend and use our imagination to come up with a person that's offended by literally anything. So don't do that. In in general, though, again, upskirt shots of anime girls. Save that for your table, kitchen table games. Ugh. I, I mean, hey. I will not be at those games. So what's what's next? What's the next thing you can't do? 
you may not cover or change the mana cost. So don't do it. <laughs> People got to know what the thing costs. Right. So for that, we kind of apply the same rule or, or we look at it the same way that we did about just allowing alters in general. Okay. You can either completely disallow it, completely allow it, or allow some of it. Okay. So you can say like, I can completely cover or completely change the mana cost of a card. That seems wrong. That seems like a kind of thing that someone doing that is, you don't want to give someone who is thinking nefarious uh, uh, an opportunity like that. Right. Because right. I, I think generally, whether you like alters or not, the, the point of them is supposed to kind of be like aesthetic. Like, I, I just want the art to be cool or different or unique. But that's not what's really going on when someone's purposely changing the mana cost. Like, yeah. And and that's actually an interesting uh, dichotomy when you said the, the purpose of alters is I like the art. I got my card altered to look the way I like it because I like it. The purpose of the altered art policy is not to protect you, the possessor of the altered art card. It is to protect your opponent. It is to protect the tournament. Protect everyone else from your altered art. Right. Exactly. It's to protect everyone else. So... You, as the owner of the altered card, are very incentivized to like it and think it's cool and I want to play with it because I paid to have this done. You're not objective in that particular case. You you have a bias towards this should be okay because I want to play it. With changing up the cover, the cover cost, like sure, there are cases where, you know, you could come up with a legitimate reason beyond because I wanted to, to cover up or change the mana cost, but specifically change. Change you're 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 looking to do something shady if you're changing. Yeah, right. don't don't do that. <laughs> so we we don't want to we don't want to allow completely changing it. Um, and then we say, okay, well, what is partially changing? What is the rules? What would the rules for partially changing the mana cost look like? Yeah, what would that even look like in practice? Right. That that kind of is like just like partially changing. It's kind of the same as changing it. Partially covering it up is kind of the same as either it's the mana cost or it ain't the mana cost. Those are the right. <laughs> right. So in our in our split of don't allow it at all. Allow it. Allow it completely. No rules allow it with some rules and don't allow it at all. Uh, the first two kind of have some problems. So then we get don't allow it at all. And it's, it's enforceable. Okay. And then we have may not cover or change the name of the card for, for basically the same reasons. Like your opponent ought to be able to know what, what it is they're playing against from across the table. Yeah. If you can change the name of the card, then we start getting into problems. And and people will counter with, you know, you start getting into weird stuff. But, you know, they'll say like, oh, you say it's important that I be able to read the card, but there's Spanish cards and Japanese cards and I can't read those. So why, 
why are you saying I can't alter a card name to be unreadable and like put it in like Phyrexian font or something like that? I can't I can't make that art. Can't make that alter. But Watsy put out a secret layer and there's a judge foil Phyrexian this and they got a Phyrexian swamp and why why can't why can't I do it? Okay. Because you're not wizards <laughs> is the answer. Wizards gets to do what they want, and unless you work for wizards, you do not get to do anything you want. Okay. It's their game. <laughs> we'll, we'll dissect that a little bit more, but ultimately when it boils down to it, it's just it's just kind of that. But the basic premise is when Watsi prints a card, they're saying, okay, this is, this is the printing of the card. These are the languages that are there. Um, the fact that you can't read the card is not great, but we don't want the altered art policy to make it even harder. Because remember, you know, Watsi prints cards in, what, 10, 12 languages? I don't actually know the numbers. But, you know, you can you can alter the card to, to be in Klingon. You could put it in, you know, Tolkien Elvish. You can put it in whatever the Warhammer 40k orcs speak that we're going to be getting in that Commander product in a Pig Latin. Whatever. I want a deck in the Orcish language. Yeah. So there's a limit to the number of languages that a card can be in. And yes, you can say like, well, I can't read a, a, a Japanese card, so they shouldn't be allowed to play that. If I, if I can't alter my card art to, to have Phyrexian text, then my opponent shouldn't be able to play a Japanese card. Well, no, one of them is because it's an actual game piece that was printed in an actual language. And one is another one is that thing you made up just to cover it up and, and you made things more difficult for people. Right. Quit, quit playing devil's advocate. No one's interested. Just straighten up and fly right, as my father used to say. <laughs> <laughs> now, so we've said artistic modifications are acceptable in sanctioned tournaments, provided that the modifications do not may, uh, don't contain substantial strategic advice. We covered that. Uh, contain offensive images. Okay. Artistic modifications may not cover or change the mana cost or name of the card. Okay. So the last one is the modifications do not make the card art unrecognizable. Here we get into one that's that's kind of subjective. And when I say kind of subjective, they've it's an interesting one, though, because, I yeah, like, do not make the card art unrecognizable. I mean, if, if th this one is so easy to devil's advocate on because I could change a lightning bolt to just be a completely different lightning bolt art, but it would technically not be the same recognizable lightning bolt art that it was. And obviously that's not what they're talking about here, right. but it does beg the question. What, what are the limits? What are the limits? What are the boundaries? What do we care about? What do we not care about? Right. And there's, does it know, just nine, have to be obvious what it is? Yeah. There's 12, 15 different printings of lightning bolt with different art. I don't know them all. So what's again, the argument, what's the difference between a, altered art that I don't recognize as lightning bolt and just a lightning bolt card with art on it that I've never seen before. I don't recognize that either. What if I had a lightning bolt and just p had the whole thing painted blue where all the red parts are? Right. The art would still be recognizable, but from across the table, that that's 
So hmm. let's let's talk a little, a little bit about what to what to do and how some rules of thumb. Like, how do you what what rule of thumb or what heuristic do you use to determine if a if a card art is is recognizable? If an altered card is still recognized. Me personally? Yeah. If I look at the art and go, it, and, and if I look at the art and hear what the card is and go, yeah, that makes sense. Good enough. If I, if I look at the art and then hear what the card name is, you know, and then go, I, I don't get it. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to say, mm, nah. Okay. Which I know is I know is a very loosey goosey way to do it, but like, I don't know. It's subjective. the The approach I normally take is, and I'm I'm going to give my approach, and then I'm going to give some modifier. Okay. Okay. Um, if I can hold the card out full arm's length, so about three feet away, upside down, and just at a quick glance, tell what it is. Then, then it, then I consider that art recognizable because I three feet away is about the distance for the opponent. Upside down is a lot of times how they're looking at cards, and a quick glance. If I can, if I feel comfortable that that the average player could recognize what that card is from that distance in those conditions, I will say that the the card is recognizable. You're a lot stricter yeah. than I am. Well, I, which I find surprising. Here's here's my here's my modifiers. I'm a little looser with sorceries and instants than I am with permanents. That makes sense because they're not just sitting out there waiting to be forgotten. Right. I'm going to say in the lightning bolt case, I will say bolt, you know, bolt your creature and then it goes to the graveyard. It's not on the battlefield a long time. I'm 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 announcing it. And you go like, "Oh, that's a lightning bolt." Oh, and then you 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 see it, you recognize it as a lightning bolt, and then it's off the battlefield, and you don't got to think about it anymore. But if you cast a creature or an artifact or something like that, and it doesn't look like the thing, like look at um, Dryad Arbor, right? That's the poster child for we don't we don't want cards to look like things that they're not. Right. Okay. Good point. That doesn't look like that doesn't look like a creature, but that's on the battlefield, and that when you're just kind of scanning over things, you can forget. So, again, to protect the opponent, um, I tend to be a little stricter on permanence and less strict on instants and sorceries. And you could actually turn that around and say, like, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm more strict on instants and sorceries because it's more important. The opponent's not going to be looking at them for a long time, so it's more important that they're able to recognize them. And then if they're on the battlefield for a long time, they will have seen it for a few turns so that they'll know what it is. So you can make an opposing argument. I'm just telling you the heuristics that that I use that I think make sense to me and what I'm doing to protect the opponent from your Snoopy Tarmogoyf alter. Your Snoopy Goyf. Yeah. I, and there there was a little bit of, and I don't remember how they changed it, but this is a long time ago. This was like six years ago. Uh, there was a Snoopy alter, a Tarmogoyf alter to look like Snoopy on camera at a GP and our altered art policy got a slight tweak after that. <laughs> and it was kind of like Watsy didn't really want at one of their premier events, their 
art not being showcased on on features. Oh come on, it's Snoopy though. I, it's Snoopy. But know. hey, if you know they're Charles Schultz isn't uh, isn't paying them to advertise Snoopy. You I don't know. think Charles Schultz is paying anybody. I think he's I think he's deceased, isn't That's he? The family of Charles <laughs> Schultz. If he if Charles Schultz pays you, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to I had to pause because there was this moment where I was just like, "What is that? Is it guy? Am I just saying a name of a guy that I know? You know, I, I had a I had a moment where anyway, senior moment. That is, that is a very like just a guy that I know name. Yeah. So uh, that is. One of the things, so that's why we say do not make the card art unrecognizable. Now, I've seen a, if you think back to, like, the original Force of Will art, you know, yeah. where the where it's kind of red and the person's, like, hunkered down. Now, I saw a set of altars where the guy in that picture was altered to look like Wolverine. Okay, because he was just in that in that in that pose, that hulking pose, and had like the little blades coming out of his uh, his fists and stuff like that. He's kind of got the pose going on. I could see that. Yeah, and you still had the same color of the background going. And I was like, uh, yeah, I see, think that's what I mean. You you know the card. You you look at the art and go, yeah, that makes sense. Right, it's, and, it's and you pass blue, it. Got the red background. Sure. I can see it. It's you know. It probably wouldn't fly on camera, but at at a local PTQ, yeah, sure. Okay, I can tell. I can tell that that's a force of will, you know. Be, may, but in part because that pose is so iconic. Correct. If you altered a Boros Reckoner to look like Thor, you know, using the same pose... I might not be able to tell. It's, it's Boros Reckoner. I might even be making that card up. It's like, I don't have any idea what that card looks like. Right. I'm going to check now and just make sure that that's a real card, that I didn't just make up a... Oh, nope, it's a real card. It's a, <laughs> minute. It's a Minotaur Wizard. And the card art becomes very unrecognizable oh. if the card doesn't exist. Well, see, so now here's the funny thing. Now I'm looking at the card and I'm like, I could see an altar to make that look like Thor. <laughs> okay. See? Yeah. Now you're just convincing. You're just arguing with I'm yourself arguing. and winning on both sides. And that's a, that's a, that's another <laughs> thing with, with, uh, with the card art. Because sometimes altars will look really, really cool. And you're like, oh, that's really awesome. And it makes you want to allow it because it's really cool. No, I don't care if it's cool. I care if it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. For what the card is. like. Yeah, you need to separate those two things. Correct. And ultimately, as it goes, the final authority is the head judge, whoever your head judge may be. And why, why is the head judge get to, why is the head judge get to say so? Because someone's got to do it, you know? Like, someone has to be... Someone has to be the adult in charge. And so they they are the ones who are, they are the chosen ones. So if you would like to have that power, get hired as a head judge. Yeah. And so there's a lot of complaints where people are saying, 
I really wish the altered policy was more clear. Like, I don't, when I get a card altered, I don't know if it's going to be allowed or disallowed. Because, since the head judge is the final authority, if I'm the head judge for an event, I might allow the Wolverine force of will. But then Sama goes, and she's like, maybe if it was Cyclops, but Wolverine? No. See, and I... Right. Maybe I'm a little biased. But I, I think of this as one of those things where, like, I, I struggle a little bit to have sympathy for because you don't need alters to play the game and you don't even need alters to enjoy the game. Like, I would also enjoy magic more if I were allowed to wear Heelys if you're while playing. If you're Heelys, you know, just skate around on shoes. Just skate around on my little Heelys while playing magic. Okay. You but said, that's not allowed. You did say Heelys. Okay. I just wanted to make yeah. sure. But that's not allowed, and I I don't complain that that's not allowed, even if it would be more fun, because it's not necessary. Neither are alters. They're they're not, but there there is an aspect of customization to the game, right? And there's a sense of ownership, like, these are my cards, this is my deck that I made, or I copied off a website, but I put it together, so it's mine, and I want to make it different and unique in fun ways like i can have i can have my play mat reflect myself i can have my deck box i can have my sleeves why not also my cards and the thing is like your play mat's not a game piece your card sleeves aren't really a game piece your deck box isn't really a game piece your opponent isn't going to necessarily get confused in game by your deck box. You know, they're not, they're probably not going to get confused by the play mat. Although I have seen a few that kind of are. I've seen some confusing ones. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. They have no strategic bearing on the game. Not really. Right. And so, and so where, where I was talking about people want to alter things. Sure. People just want to want ways to express themselves. And I don't have a problem with that. I'm fine with it. I do. I will say that I do have problems when someone comes up and they show me an expensive play, a play set of expensive cards that they've had altered. I don't think they're, I don't think they're legit like that. That puts the judge that makes the judge feel kind of crappy because they're the ones saying no. And, them, those might be $50 cards. You might be telling them, no, you can't play $200 worth of cards and you got to replace them. That's a choice they made, though. It, oh my it gosh. is. And that's ultimately why I feel bad, but not too bad. Like, right? Um, so my personal preference is that Magic players not get their cards altered for cards that they're going to take in tournaments significantly like like extended borders whatever that's that's probably going to be fine i don't think there's going to be too many judges that are like "Mm, no but if you're completely changing the altar getting something goofy that's that's for edh that's for your funsies group your, your your kitchen table group that kind of thing now if a player has 
altered cards, what are they supposed to do? Make better decisions. Well, oh. I mean, they're, they're supposed to bring them to the head judge before the event and make sure uh, oh, yeah, that I they're fine. <laughs> I, I will tell you, and this, this is, I am a little harsher on alters I discovered during the event than alters that. And when I say a little bit, I'm, I'm not saying like, I, I, I know, sir, everything. I'm just saying that if, if there's, a, if it's on the line, you know, Come on now. No, that's a great point. Like, you know, personal preference aside, if I, if somebody comes up to me before the event and wants me to look at their altars, like I'm, I'm a lot more confident as the head judge that this person is doing their due diligence. They're probably not up to something shady. Like, obviously it's not impossible, but like I, there's, there's a little more display of trust there and of like, there's an exchange. There's an, an opportunity given. For me to to yay or nay it. Whereas if I have never seen this altar until the moment it becomes a problem, it may not be a problem, but it's going to make me wonder why I'm just seeing this now. And like it's it's not a huge percentage, you know, because you still I still try and apply the same the same criteria, but it's a bias because I'm irritated. I'm I'm. I mean, I'm. It just causes me a, a second of pause. I am. You know, uh, I listen to like these lawyer podcasts and these lawyers talk about all the things that you don't do because it'll it'll, you know, irritate the uh, the federal judge. And. Uh, yeah, just uh, just don't do things that could irritate the, the head judge. I'm not saying that I'm going to, you know, kick it out. But if it's a, you know, a 49.5 versus a 50.5 split. Yeah, it might break the wrong way for you. You know, isn't it, isn't it, um, oh, what is it? On, on Sportsman or whatever, when people start up, start trying to appeal before you even finish giving your ruling, mm-hmm. right? Yep. We should be able to call that, we should be, just skip the penalty entirely as it is. Be like, hold them in contempt of magic and make them get out of the room. Like in <laughs> court. Contempt of magic? Yeah, I'm holding you in contempt of magic, and you have to get out of my tournament room, like a judge, like judges do. But that's, well, that's like a DQ. Yes. For altered art, for not telling you that. <laughs> no, they no, 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 no. If somebody, if you, if you feel the need to hold someone in contempt of magic, for whatever reason. What is a reason that's not a DQ? Whatever you think is in contempt of magic. Don't worry about it. Oh, it's just the head judge's decision, I guess. Yeah. So now if you as a judge find altered altered card, a player playing altered cards that have not been a, not been approved. Yeah. Uh, make make a call. Be sure to remind the player that they need to have those things checked out. Um, check them out. Go on your merry way. You know, decide whether or not they're they're legit or not. It is super awkward because if they're not legitimate, you got to kind of pause that match right now, right? So bum, maybe bum, you wait bum. until between. Maybe you wait until between. That probably makes more sense because, like, if you say that they're not legit, then they got to find replacement cards now. How did they come to your attention? Was it just a judge walking by that said like? 
that came up and said, hey, you might want to check these out, or was was the player came up to you and told you about it? Like, these are things that might change how you handle that particular Something would have to be really, really rough for me to, like, stop it and make them switch cards right in the middle of a game. That's so disruptive. It would have to be something along the lines of, the opponent called, and the person has several altars of different cards that look similar. Yeah, something. Yeah, something affecting the literal game in play, not just that it's right. Yeah. So, all right. So that's that's policy. Now let's talk about the the counterpoint to all of this, which is, you know, cover up. You've got you've got. Cards that have literal stickers on the front of them that you peel off and they're another card underneath. I mean, in that card's defense, golf is terrible. (laughs) It is. But you've got cards that are printed by Wizards of the Coast that are hiding the name of the card. Or they're putting it in a weird place. Or they're making the card look like a movie poster and it's it's hidden. Or, you know, it's looking like some sort of psychedelic trip. So Wizards is doing all of this crazy stuff. Why? Well, the, the policy is kind of worthless. If Wizards can change the mana cost, move it around, dramatically alter the art. You know, like, how can you say that the art is the most recognizable feature of the card? Spoilers, it is. The, the card art is how people recognize things. And that's like from a distance it, it's, it's been shown. Yeah. Uh, so if Watsi is doing a crazy uh, nature's lore, or they're doing a, a weird Liliana that looks like a poster, or they're doing a, a Teferi's puzzle box that looks like a, you know, golden ticket from a Willy Wonka factory, you know, how can you say that card art it matters if you're doing all of this wacky stuff? And basically, it boils down to what you can describe. Like, I can say that that Teferi's Puzzle Box, that Preordained, that Nature's Lore, whatever, is legal because it's a printed card from Watsi. I don't have to make a judgment call about the art being difficult because Wizards already made the decision that that particular art was okay enough. Right. They made their they made the decision for their game. Right. So it is. So they made a nature's they made a wacky nature's lore and they printed a hundred thousand copies of it in Secret Layers. I don't know how many they actually printed, but I'm just it's a lot. They printed a hundred thousand copies of it. You wanting to alter the same card in a different way, well you just created a thing that's unique that no one will have had an opportunity to see ever before you play it against them. Right? right. And a hundred thousand of you could do the same thing, creating a hundred thousand different variations uh, that are completely unrecognizable of the card. So, again, we got to allow some stuff, uh, some alters, just because it's it's fun. But we need certain rules, like you can't change the name, you can't change the the, the mana cost. Uh, it's got to be recognizable because you, the alterer can do a bajillion different different things. You can go into a bajillion different directions with your art. It's true. 
he right. Brian whereas, counted. Whereas Wizards just went in one direction for that particular card. Right. And I know it doesn't might not seem fair. Uh, I th- I think there's a I think with altered art and card arts and whether or not they should or shouldn't be legal, there's a lot of bias in there. Like if you if you think altered cards are really, really cool, then you're gonna be more inclined to think that there's something you should be able to play with. And if you think altered cards are dumb, then you're gonna be more inclined to say, like, mm, no. I think that's probably true. Um Yeah. Yeah. I have opinions. Okay. So let's just talk let's that I mean that's the policy part of the show, so let's what are these opinions? Nobody likes my opinions. What are your opinions? On this particular topic. What are your opinions on this particular topic? What are your opinions on this particular topic? Oh, alright. Um like I love altered cards. I think they're awesome. I think they're really cool. I enjoy people showing me their awesome wacky stuff. You know, I maybe don't care so much about, you know, the cowboy hat on your Boros Reckoner, but you know, if you've made a Tarmogoyf look like a Snoopy or you've made a Avatar of Woe look like Joey Lawrence, you know, these are really cool, awesome altars that I would love to see. I might not let you play with them in the tournament, but I'd love to see them. I I enjoy seeing all of the creative things that people do, and I appreciate it at an aesthetic level. That's a good opinion. I have... I, I've, you've got me waffling a bit on it. I my initial my initial gut reaction, and this is just me personally, Samantha Harp. My personal opinion: I hate all of them. I do. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I do. I, Samantha, I can't stand it. Samantha Har, employee of Judge Academy, hates no. Alter. Um, no, <laughs> what? I'm I'm probably the only one at Judge Academy that feels this way. So do not. Do not yell at them for my horrible opinions. Um, I don't know. And and yeah, I think this it surprised me that you like them as much as you do. Because I, part of me, you know, it kind of kind of like playing flip it or rip it. Part of me just sees the destruction of a card and goes, ugh, do you have to? Do you really have to? Do you really need to do this? Come on. Like... When you could, I mean, and which is not to say that the, the altars themselves aren't great art. Like I would just rather buy it as like a print that you make, or like, if it's a funny joke, like Photoshop it, you don't actually need to destroy a physical magic card to get the, the point across or the joke across or the art across. And I just don't like it. I don't also a lot of, also there, there are a lot of altars that are not that attractive. I'm sorry. There, there, there are. But we're not necessarily talking about um, making a uh, change to an actual painting, you know, where you've got a physical painting and you you alter it in some sort of way. That, yeah, I would be like, that's that's destructive. But, you know, Sama, you put owl faces on, you know, like howling minds and stuff like that. That's not a, of a literal that, card. But what's the difference between a picture and the literal card? Because you know, the the a, a photo of the art, a, a digital photo of the art, is infinitely replicable. 
Nothing has actually been lost well, or harmed in this now, process. Heard about these things called NFTs? I would like to talk to you uh, ad nauseum about blah, 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 blah. I will harm you if you start. <laughs> okay. NFT, NFT art somehow manages to be even uglier across the board than mediocre altars. <laughs> so... Alter alter a card to look like the, the NFT monkey. Oh my god, stop. Somebody's going to do that now. Don't do that to me. <laughs> I'm going to see this in an event and I'm going to find you. The equipment monkey. What was it? Oh god, don't, the, don't the do sling, this. The simian sling. Alter it to make it look like the NFT monkey. That, that alarmed me so much I just dropped my headphones. <laughs> it was horrible. Fortunately, though, you doing that would... Uh, mean that you have substantially uh, modified the card art and it's no longer recognizable. So get that trash out of my event, please. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> but, yeah, but there's there's thousands, thousands, there's hundreds of thousands of copies of that card out there. The, the destruction of this one, it's not like a Fabergé egg or something like that, right? <laughs> I know, I know. And, and you know, Talking about this earlier, like, you know, once I let that opinion escape my face, I sat there thinking about it, like, it just sent me into a spiral, a spiral, Brian. It was like, okay, so, yeah, a little bit of destruction is required, but a little bit of destruction is required in all art. And what does it mean to create? What does it mean to destroy? Like, oh, my God. And it just sends me into this, like, existential what whole is, spiral. What is art? <laughs> and... I'm literally getting my master's degree and pondering questions like this. And so last, last night, last night we were talking and so I was like, I'm completely against altars. And then I'm like, well, what about these altars? And I sent her a picture and she's like, well, actually that's kind of cool. Sometimes the art is good. Sometimes the, the art that is altered and whatever it ends up is cool looking. I just wish maybe it painted it on its own separate canvas. But then I can't play with it as a game piece. Well, I don't think you should do that at all. But <laughs> I hate. I hate. So I'm. I'm. Yeah. I. I think altars are are pretty sweet uh, things, and I wish people would adhere more to the policies so that we could allow more of them in events. So over the course of the last 24 to 48 hours, I've gone from, I hate them, I never ever want to see them, they're terrible all the time, to, they're they're fine, I guess, I just want them to stay in binders, not index. Oh. See, I've, I've taken a step, I've taken a step. You have taken a step, alright. Okay. We're getting there, we'll have to work <laughs> on you. I'll have to make a, an EDH deck that's like secret lair dot deck. I, you know, and and this this also brings up the point, like you know, when people say like say online, like oh, share share an unpopular opinion you have. I don't know that I have that many opinions that are just flat out unpopular, but this might be one. This might be yeah. one of my less popular opinions. Probably try saying something like I don't like proxies in EDH. I don't. I don't. Is that a thing? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of people who might get some comments. Uh-oh. <laughs> I believe in playing official magic cards for official magic games. 
yeah, there was there was there's been a whole lot within the last few days about about uh, alters alters dirt uh, in EDH, and I'll tell you the thing that actually irritates irritates me is and the way I kind of see it is if I sit down with someone and they're playing and then they play they start playing uh, uh, proxies of fifty hundred dollar cards. I've just got like that Spider Man meme where it's like, oh, we're using our made up cards. Right. Yeah. I didn't know that. I would have made, you know, if I'd known that we were we were using made up cards, I would have, you know, used my made up cards, too, which I don't have. So, yeah, I I feel like if you're using them in an honest playtest capacity, like, I think I want to invest in this, but I just want to be real sure before I drop that kind of money. Like, sure, whatever. That's fine. I don't care about that. But if we're sitting down to play and and you bring out some Xeroxes, I'm... hmm. Right. Like... Okay. I'm gonna think you're goofy. We're we're not on the topic of altered art at all, but I'd really like to know during my deck building if I'm gonna be sitting down and playing in a game that that proxies are cool with, because I feel like when I see someone playing proxy cards, especially specifically expensive proxy cards, I'm like, oh, I could have done that, but I didn't because I didn't want to be that guy. But instead, you're that guy. And <laughs> now you're that guy. Yeah, I didn't want to be that guy. Now you're that guy, and I'm mad at that guy. Y'all would have been mad at me, but now we're all mad at you, and I wish yeah. I were you, but I didn't want anybody to be mad. Now, if we'd had a conversation before deck building, and you said, like, hey, being that guy's allowed, then I would have been that guy. With right there, right along the with you. Right along there. Isn't there, isn't there a, like, name for or a... a- cute term for D sessions that you have before you actually start playing to like discuss everyone's preferences and uh there's a session zero which yeah, corresponds you need to have an adh session zero well there is it's called it's it's called rule zero you're supposed to have your little your little oh. talkie talk uh beforehand where you're like this is what i want to play which doesn't quite work out the way it anyway that's a whole different conversation I have I have big thoughts about you know how at the beginning of the podcast we said that we're going to discuss a simple thing that there's people have strong opinions about that's a simple thing I have a strong opinions about too maybe we'll do that next time let's talk about EDH <laughs> Ugh, these are but have we done that uh, rules for EDH yes of the rules for EDH. I want to know I want to know what's going to get on your nerves if I bring it over to your house for an EDH night. <laughs> oh. A uh, Turgrid. Noted. Anyway. Uh, ba- basically, things that stop me from playing the game. Like, wrathing the board suck. every turn. Uh, complaining when someone kills your commander. Yeah, no whiners. Anyway, the show ended a while ago. It just, it just, the show's already dead. It just hasn't laid down yet. Um, <laughs> Emotional damage. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right, friends. <clears throat> All right, that's our episode. Join us next time when we talk about the things that irritate Brian and in his commander games. Um, until then, you can send us an email at judgecast at gmail.com. Or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at JudgeCast. Till next time, I'm Samantha Har and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prillman and I keep my plane stickers on my Battlefield Forges. 
what's got emotional? What caused emotional damage this time? This whole book is emotional damage. What? He hasn't done anything. All That's he's done point. is just watch people do things. <laughs> That's the point. Uh, the, you know darn well. I'm not, I'm not going to explain that. You know, you know what you've done. This is your fault. And I'm loving every second of it. I, don't, don't act like you don't know. This this and, book is just a roller coaster of varying levels of emotional damage. I am not taking book recommendations from you anymore. Oh, shit. I just realized I have to turn a paper in by midnight, so I've got yep. 45 minutes to right, turn it out. in. Peace out. All right. Bye. Sorry. Bye. Be sure to save and upload. I will. Okay. Tip your waiters. Bye.